they inspired people to be better than they were, and they commanded that presence for them to be better. Cattle Call Podcast, got a new guest here. First meeting via Zoom, and I'm here with Tony Colombo. Tony, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you today? Man, I'm doing well as well. Uh, what are you up to today? Uh, sort of taking in a beautiful sunshiny day and um, doing some um, uh, work as far as trying to update um, CRM and talk to a few clients and, and talking to you. Okay, now what is CRM? Uh, CRM is a, a, um, uh, a client management tool that um, is used to um, help with marketing and sales and operations and processes and, and, and things of that nature. Um, like, for example, Salesforce.com, you hear Salesforce a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't use Salesforce, but um, um, it's, it's business tracking kind of um, um, software. Okay, so CRM. Like Salesforce is a CRM? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so you are, are you the founder of The Growth Coach? Um, or you work or what? Yeah, so uh, The Growth Coach is a, uh, a franchise, okay. and I am the franchise owner in Middle Tennessee. Gotcha. Okay, and now what does The Growth Coach do? Uh, we work with small business owners and um, um, uh, professional groups, uh, leaders, and so forth and so on to, um, uh, to help them be bigger, faster, stronger, grow their businesses, uh, to you know, better understand their people and, and market their, their products and, um, and just expand their, their overall business acumen um, um, beyond being able to create you know, whatever it is that they create, right? Uh -huh. um, to have a broader perspective of, of how to operate a business and grow that business. Very cool. Now, do you specialize in any kind of business or is it just anybody with a business? Um, I, it's, it's the latter. It's, I'm, I'm open to any business. Um, the, 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 the concept behind that is, is I'm not an expert in your business and I don't want to become a consultant for your business. Um, you know, what I, what I'd rather do is work to help develop you as a leader. So, um, you know, I've worked with, um, uh, departments in universities. I've worked with, um, uh, construction type, um, trades, organizations, um, uh, insurance, legal. Um, so a, a whole wide, you know, range of people, not just focused in one particular space or one particular type of portfolio. Very cool. All right, so let's talk about where are you from and then how did you get to Middle Tennessee? Wow, good question. So um, I was born in Cleveland, Ohio, and I moved to Northeast Mississippi, a uh, small town outside of Tupelo called Fulton um, in the mid 70s. Um, and um, I was in elementary school and um, uh, stayed in North Mississippi for quite a while. Uh, until I joined the military, went to the first two years of college in, in, at a, a community college down there called Itawamba Community College. Um, got in the military, kind of, you know, spent some time moving about and around and doing different things. And uh, 
and went back to Mississippi and then kind of migrated to Memphis because of a woman. Um, and uh, that didn't work out so well with that woman. However, uh, Memphis did well and, and, and the, the woman I'm married to now, um, we've been married for 30 years. Um, wow. I met her in Memphis and we stayed. Her family is from Middle Tennessee. So um, we had an opportunity, you know, way back when to move to the Middle Tennessee area. And here we are. We've gone back and forth, you know, to a couple of places in between. But but for the most part, um, Middle Tennessee's home and has been for, you know, 25, 26 years. Gotcha. And did you go to school in Memphis, right? I did. Yeah. Um, so um, when I so I like to say that I was on an 11 year program. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and ultimately I graduated from at the time Memphis state and, uh-huh. uh, the uniqueness of that to me is it was the last semester that it was considered Memphis state. Um, and I graduated the last semester that Penny Hardaway was a student at Memphis state. Uh, as a matter of fact, he and I took down the, um, um the, the libraries, um, uh, um, system um during finals that year um and and it was it was comical i mean we're standing there next to doing our thing and um uh one evening and then he did study and he was by himself and he was actually putting forth the work and it crashed and he looked at me and said looked at me and down and said "Um, i'm the super superstar it will be your fault and i was like really and he just started laughing and we both kind of just laughed you know and said merry christmas because it was at the end of the year um and you know i i um just always have kind of remembered that when i see him now on the sidelines or doing whatever he does so yeah don't you go to memphis state i do yeah University of memphis i'm sorry yeah one of, one of the few from the area that did yeah oh uh, yeah finishing up here this spring but yeah yeah i'm not 11 years but i'm pretty close to it man when it's all said and done <laughs> Yeah, well, I took a sabbatical and, and it was um, it was an interesting challenge because, you know, when I came back, well, first of all, I didn't have my ducks in a row and priorities when I started in school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I was unfortunately kind of a smart person who never really had to apply myself. So mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't. Um, and um, uh, and then when I got to to I went from the community college to Mississippi State and um uh, and it, it, I was an engineering student and I, I spent a, a whole lot of time partying and not really doing anything. And for all practical purposes, I flunked out of Mississippi state, uh, and, and got asked to kind of sort of leave Starkville. So, um, so the military was good, but all that said is I, I didn't, you know, I had to really start over. I had to, to go back and take classes that I had taken, um, like calculus and, 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 and some of my, in physics and, um, uh, and just kind of start over. So the whole process took a, a little bit longer and, and, um, you know, and then I was older. So, you know, I wasn't, you know, 19 or 20, I was now 25, 26. And, um, uh, you know, I was working a full-time job. I was a bartender in Memphis and, um, uh, you know, and, and, and I was still in the National Guard and I was, you know, still going to school. So I had a lot of, a lot of irons in the fire, um, which wow. I think helped keep me focused and grounded pretty much. Man. So what did you do in the military? 
Um, in the military, I was an engineer um, um, and an enlisted guy. Uh, I was, you know, um, afforded the opportunity to go to the special forces school um, and became a um, special forces engineer um, and was on an, a team, an A team as a, an engineer, started off as a junior engineer and then became the senior engineer of the team. Okay, so what do you do as an engineer in special forces? Um, so, um, if you kind of think of a, um, a, a civil engineer 150, 200 years ago, kind of thing who blows things up, um, you know, I kind of did that, you know, I, I, you, you learn how to build structures, you learn how to, um, you know, mobilize teams to, um, improve their quality of life through, through an infrastructure and through construction. Um, you know, you might build roads. Um, you also learn how to destroy those things, right, and to blow them up and, and how to infiltrate things. Um, you know, you, you, we, we would learn to build a bridge, and then the next day we would learn to blow up the bridge. Um, uh, you know, for me, based on the, the time and the years, did a whole lot of building more so than destroying um, and, um, uh, and I think I probably can honestly say that I have built more outhouses in Central America than any five, you know, um, people that you would know, <laughs> yeah. Peace Corps type of people, right? Uh, you know, uh, missionary type of people. So, um, um, but mostly it's, it's building, um, okay. and on occasion destructing, um, and then providing support or, you know, other members of the team is needed. So did you spend most of your time in Central America while you were in? I spent quite a bit of time in, in Central America, yeah. And how'd you enjoy that? Um, you know, I, I thought it was great. Um, you know, the, the, the aid that I did and the things that I did in support of, of, of the, the, the mission were um, not combative. They were more peace um, related and, and you know, um, medical related and, and providing protection and, and doing reconnaissance and, and, and building, helping a, a very third world country kind of uh, countries, um, you know, emerge from, from, you know, the things that were holding them back, their oppression. And, that, and that's a motto of special forces, the oppressed labor, Latin for, you know, the oppressed liberated. Um, you know, it really wasn't a whole lot of liberating, so to speak, but there was a lot more um, um, helping people, uh, you know, move past an oppression. You know, mm -hmm. I, you know, all of the, the places that I w went, were, we were invited. So, um, uh, you know, we were, we were working with them, you know, the civilian people and Indian tribes and, and indigenous people and the military and medical. And, and it was... Um, uh, and it was a wonderful place. The people are very, very passionate about um, life, you know, contrary to what you might see in today's media. Yeah. Um, and they were great people. I mean, I, you know, I saw some sketchy ones, right? And I, there were some things that I saw happen that, 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 that um, uh, were a little less inviting and, and warm and fuzzy. But, but overall, um, I never had a bad experience and I learned so much. Um, and became so thankful and grateful for the things that we have that um, um, it, was, it was awesome. In the late, in, in the 80s and the early 90s, it was not a bad place to be for the most part. Gotcha. 
So were you able to interact with the locals a lot or do you kind of have to be on your guard and you can only interact certain times? Um, so good question. Um, I interacted with them always on my own, um, you know, but I was equally always on my guard, right? Um, you know, we would, um, to use a word, embed ourselves with um, whoever it is we were working with. So, um, you know, the team commander of my team, um, you know, he had developed a strong relationship with a, a village mayor, you know, um, person in charge. Um, you know, we would develop relationships with, with the different people based on whatever it was that we were doing. So, you know, it was like anything, right? If you go and you do community service, you know, and you volunteer, hands-on Nashville as an example, you know, there's a leader, right? And, and, and you're working to do something with someone in the community or whatever the case might be. Um, and you just don't show up, you know, you have to, to, to develop a, a rapport with them and you have to, you know, identify common goals and things like that. And, and part of that is, is, is a person to a person. It just wasn't me, Sergeant Colombo, talking to whomever. Um, you know, you, you got to know the people, you got to know, you know, what they did and what their needs were. And, and, and certainly, naturally, you had conversations. Um, and you developed relationships. Um, you know, I remember being in Honduras one time, and at the end of, of, of our time there, we had been working with doctors and nurses um, who were, uh, I think, Army Reserve that were doing their, their, their summer camp. And, and basically, they had been coming, they would come down, they were in this village that we at were in. Um, and our purpose was mostly to provide support for them, um, security and support for them and, and to assist where as, as needed. Um, but we had a big festival afterwards, right? So, I mean, you know, they, they, they slaughtered a cow and, and, you know, everybody, we started eating everything and everybody had a really big, you know, um, party that was Americans and, you know, the, the Hondurans in this particular place. Uh, and, and, and that was just a wonderful thing. So in a long-winded answer, it was kind of both. Um, you know, I mean, you know, it was totally professional. We interacted um, freely based on the scope of our mission, um, but but we were always guarded, um, and 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 guarding all the Americans and other interests of the U.S. So, so how did foreigners, in this case Central America, how did they view America, and how do they view the military here? Um, so, well, so back in, in those days, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably different today. However, comma back then, you know, we were invited into the country by the government to support the government and, um, either to provide protection in different capacities or to provide human, humanitarian, humanitarian, um, support. So, um, you know, I think that that because we were a tight knit group of people um, and we were very specialized, you know, the 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 leadership in different communities and certainly in the country and the military, their military knew that that we were, you know, elite forces that were sent there not to conquer them, but to work with them for them on their behalf. Right. Um, so I think that that 
from a personnel perspective, they were very inviting. Um, and, um, you know, they were, um, they were, they were very welcoming, right? Um, their view of America, you know, I, I think that, that, um, I think the only people that sometimes struggle with an, a view and appreciation of America are Americans. Um, and then, you know, people that are like the North Koreas, the Irans, those types of, of countries, right? Um, but, but I never went to a place where um, they didn't respect and or based on that ge geographical location, um, you know, um, be intrigued with and or aspire to become an American. Um, you know, I think they were all very, very proud of their heritage, but they recognized um, you know, the things that, that we do and so forth and so on. They probably, you know, in some instances, they um, probably thought that we were a little too, um, you know, arrogant um, and Americans in general uh, and unappreciative of the things that we have. But on the other side of that, they all, you know, recognize the freedoms that we have and the opportunity to, to be successful and to, to live a peaceful life um, which is the same things that they wanted to. So a lot of their values, a lot of the, the morals, a lot of their, their dreams and aspirations were very, very similar. Um, and and they, they really took advantage of the opportunity to sponge off of Americans. Um, and, and, and for the most part, you know, I've never been to a developing country that it wasn't similar, okay? Um, you know, some of the tourist countries that you might find, you know, in, in say the Caribbean or something like that, they just want your money, right? Um, you know, some of the, 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 the European countries, they may want something and your money. But a lot of these countries where we went in, um, you know, they, they wanted to be better. And they knew that we provided a path and opportunity for them to become better. So, um, Again, I, you know, I, I never, I never had a, a negative ever had a negative. Well, I mean, I rolled a Humvee one time and, and that wasn't so pleasant, but, but as far as the overall mesh, mission and purpose, um, I, I never had a bad experience. Okay. So how do you feel about uh, the military today? Do you think people should be serving more often or just serve in any capacity, not just military, but even just civil service? Um, I think that's a great question, and I think that everyone should be obligated to provide service in some capacity to um, us, right? And 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 the and and the whether it's in the community, it's in you know the church, it's in a school, it's in the military, um, you know, it's in the government, it's on a farm or or whatever. Um, you know, I think everyone should aspire to provide service and be of service to each other. So, you know, do I think that everyone should serve in the military? Um, you know, not necessarily. You know, I think that that everyone should be in a position where they can serve as an ambassador in some capacity on behalf of the United States. And, and, and that's to me, um, that's, you know, what it means to be an American. Right. Um, and so. Yeah, I guess in a way I do, um, you know, um, it's just not cookie cutter military or this or that. It's, it's just providing service. I think it makes you more humble um, and, 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 um, and more aware of what's going on around you. So after you get out of the military, did you go straight into engineering? 
Um, so I, so I, I got out of the military in December or November of 1993. Um, I graduated my, with my undergrad in December of 1993 and had my first child um, in December of 1993. So in a month and a half period of time, um, um, you know, I went from military to civilian, college graduate in engineering, and um, I uh, had a daughter, the one that you know. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, it all um, it all happened pretty quick, yeah. Wow. And uh, were, were you in Memphis at the time? I was, yeah. No? Okay. How long yeah. did you stay in Memphis after you graduated? Um, about a year and a half. Um, I started working in January of 94 at a company called Southwire Specialty Products in Osceola, Arkansas. I stayed there until March of 95. Uh, and, you know, an opportunity came up for my wife to, to take a job in Nashville in November of 94. So she and the baby moved here. Um, you know, I waited until I could find uh, a, a job here. Uh, and then started in April of 95. So we moved here then. Had you been to Nashville prior to moving here? Um, I had been to Nashville a couple times. Uh, when, when I met my wife, her parents were actually in Clarksville. Oh, okay. So, um, you know, I had been to Clarksville, you know, a couple times. Plus I had some, you know, military connections at Fort Campbell. Mm -hmm. So, um, um, but I had been to Nashville. I had met her family. Um, huge family, been around here for, you know, 200 plus years in Nashville. Um, and, um, uh, you know, and, and, and she and her sisters and sister and brother and parents were the only outcasts, if you will, in oh, wow. um, Martin, Tennessee, but everyone else lived here. So, man, have you enjoyed your time in Nashville? Um, I have absolutely enjoyed my time and, and I'm a huge fan of the city, um, past, present and, and ideally future. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, okay. So how long have you been doing what you're doing now with growth coach? Yeah. Good question. Almost three years. Almost three. What were you doing before? Um, I was a, um, uh, a field director, service director for, um, uh, GE healthcare and oh, medical wow. imaging specifically, or for the most part, and uh, then biomedical engineering uh, across middle and West Tennessee and North Alabama and North Mississippi. And so what exactly were you doing for them? Um, so we provided service from installation through maintenance and, um, and aftermarket sales on imaging equipment. So CAT scan machines, MRIs, x-ray, cath labs, all that ultrasound, everything like that. Uh, and then in some hospitals, we had um, uh, the clinical services, which did all the service on everything from beds to pumps to, um, to you know, defibrillators to whatever. So um, all of the people that actually did the maintenance, um, uh, you know, I was their, their, their director. Wow. Did you enjoy that job? Um, I would say that I had probably more good days than bad days. Yeah. Um, you know, it's very, very stressful. Um, in, in the industry itself, the healthcare industry is extremely stressful. Um, and, um, uh, you know, and then the pressures of working for a big company were, were pretty stressful. Um, but, but I really felt like at that level that I was able to do good. Um, you know, and to, to, um, uh, 
uh, and worked with a lot of amazing people. I mean, not, not necessarily frontline workers like you see on the news today, but um, that infrastructure behind those people um, and the things that they do and, and to, to make sure that, you know, if, if, if you break your arm, you get a, a good x-ray and a good diagnosis, prognosis. Um, um, so, yeah, I guess I had a pretty good time. You learn a lot about healthcare. Um, I, I probably learned enough, um, you know, and, and, and maybe more importantly, I, I built a network around me of people that knew a lot um, that I could call and reach out to, you know, I, I maybe didn't learn about billing per se, and I didn't learn about, you know, anatomy and physiology, um, other than, you know, I can take an ultrasound and, and of myself and identify body parts and I can look at an image and, and, you know, and identify parts that are supposed to be there and maybe things not so much. Um, but as far as the practice of healthcare, uh, you know, not really wasn't in my, my, my mirror, my line of sight. Gotcha. Okay. And so now what, what does your day-to-day -day look like now with growth coach? What do you, how do you classify yourself? What's your role? Well, um, I mean, obviously I'm the owner, right? It's a franchise. Uh, and then my, after that comma is coach. And um, um, so, you know, I classify myself as a coach that works with groups, individuals, like I said earlier, and, um, you know, help them identify, um, uh, you know, the opportunities and then implement strategies to kind of grow their presence and, and however that's defined. Um, so my day to day uh, is usually um, spent a lot of time marketing, uh, which, you know, I'm an operations guy. So marketing has been kind of interesting um, and, and trying to identify new leads, new um, contacts, all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, networking differently. I had a very strong um, uh, healthcare network, uh, you know, or GE's General Electric's a big company. So obviously I had a big network in there. I've had to sort of start over in developing my network um, and just doing things, create creative type of things that I, I never really had to do in the past. Um, so I spent a lot of time doing that, um, you know, trying to be more of a learner than a knower um, and, uh, and, and interacting with people. And then when the opportunity presents itself to, to, to learn about people, um, to really spend a lot of time to, to understand their, their pain points, their, their, you know, their, their processes, um, and, and help them, you know, put together a plan and move forward. So, uh, and, and that ranges. Some days I do more, more marketing, other days I do more coaching, um, you know, and, and um, it just depends on, on the, the day. So when somebody comes to you, what is typically their main goal? What do they want to get out of your service? Um, if an individual comes to me, a lot of times they're looking for some leadership development to become, you know, a better communicator, to have a, a broader strategic um, outlook, to put together a, a plan and, and goals and objectives and, and things like that. Um, you know, with the pandemic, I've had quite a few of those that have wanted to do that because they're looking for jobs or they're looking to do transitions from one job career to another. Um, businesses, usually businesses are, are, are at a point where they, they feel pressure and they recognize that they need to do something different, whether it's people oriented, um, you know, they went from one or two to three people, and now they've got 10 to 15 people and, and trying to build that team and trying to understand how, 
how to, to better utilize the people to grow the business and they fit in culture and so forth. Sometimes it's the, the, the people who come and say, Hey, our business leader, you know, is, is needs help. Right. Um, you know, I've had business leaders that have come, you know, multi-million dollar businesses that have said, you know, it's great. I used to be in a 10 by 12 shed and wear tennis shoes and shorts and a t-shirt all day. But now, you know, I got a hundred thousand square feet building and I got people that are looking for me to be a leader and I don't know how to do that. Um, um, you know, I, I, I don't, um, um, I don't know, I don't know what it means. So I need professional growth. Um, some businesses are hemorrhaging and they just need, you know, someone to kind of help them face the reality and, and then, you know, put together some sort of a strategy to, to get them where they are and help them understand where they want to go, right? Whether that's to grow and continue with the business or um, to exit, right? So, so it, it really depends. I had a, um, uh, and it, the interaction I had yesterday as an example was with a, a company that's been in the middle Tennessee area for over 20 years. Um, they, you know, have, you know, around 15 employees and that range from the founder to, you know, a, an intern who will come on board full time and, you know, at the end of May or June. Um, and they are having some cultural challenges right now. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the business development person was tasked with finding a coach. Um, you know, she and I had a great conversation yesterday where, where really it's become now um, an opportunity for them to, to sort of just revisit their personalities, their passions, their vision, their mission, um, and, and to do some things to understand, you know, how to, to, to more effectively communicate and, um, uh, and work together uh, to, as opposed to in silos to, um, uh, to grow the business and keep it going. Um, you know, the, one of the founders is looking to exit in the next couple, three years, and I'm confident that she wants to leave a legacy behind. And on the flip side of it, they don't want to be overreacting or, or freaking out, so to speak, with the new person coming in in May. They want to kind of have a, a plan and a purpose. Um, so, I mean, that, that's, that, that was just yesterday. So, you know, it, it's just a, it's a wide range of things, but usually it's people that are starting to take the step to recognize that they need to do something different. Um, you know, and then, you know, going from there, listening, doing a lot more listening than talking. Uh, that's for sure. Gotcha. Now, are people pretty teachable when they come to you for help or do you encounter a lot of arrogance still? <laughs> um, I think it, it depends. Um, I, I, yes, both maybe, um, you know, I, I think that, um, change is a very difficult thing. And I think that, you know, regardless of, of, of what positioned you to have to embrace or accept change um, is, is difficult usually, right? I mean, some people get a promotion um, and that's great. Um, but a lot of times, you know, people recognize that, that they need to be better and they need to do some things different. Um, um, and then accepting and embracing the change in the work that's going to be required to do those things uh, sometimes is a challenge. So, um, you know, I've had some I've had some interactions with potential clients where I just knew that their ego was a little too big and, and that it, I wasn't the right person for them. 
Um, you know, they wanted a cookie cutter fix, a solution. They wanted someone to come in and say, if you do this, 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 you know, you'll be good. Um, and, and that's just not me. I don't do it that way. Um, you know, on the flip side of that, I've had some where I've had to say, okay, you know, I, I'm not a therapist. Okay. This isn't a therapy session. Um, and, and the majority of people I think are, um, uh, when they come to me are more, in a discovery kind of mode. Uh, and, and then, you know, the, the, the commitment is, is, is negotiable. Right. Um, and, um, uh, and I, you know, I, I kind of try, I, I try to be as upfront about that as possible. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of egos. I'm not a big fan of arrogance. Um, and, um, uh, you know, I'm not a big handholding kind of you're entitled kind of guy. I'm just not wired that way. Um, and if that's what you want, or if that's what you represent, then there's a good chance that I'm going to say, Hey, great conversation, you know, best of luck and, and, and move on along. Um, because it'll be a waste of my time and it'll be a waste of that person's time. And, and since I'm the coach, I can sometimes recognize that. And if the person comes back and still wants to continue the conversations, um, you know, then, then we'll see. Right. But, um, but I think, you know, every business owner to some extent has an ego. It may not be negative. It may not be in your face. Um, but they have to, in order to be persistent and in order to have stepped off, um, you know, the, the path to become who they are and what their service product, what have you. Right. Okay, so when you think of somebody being a good leader, who comes to mind for you? Mm, um, from a business perspective, a political perspective, or just generally speaking? Just general, like a good person that you model your leadership style or you kind of use as a template for aspiring leaders? Um, so, so I don't know that I can give you easily off the top of my head one person. Um, maybe I, there's a lot of people that I could name, okay? Um, but, but, but from, a, from today, based on today, um, I would have to say that probably one of the best leaders that I've ever had the opportunity to not meet, I would have loved to, but to, to study a little bit and to listen from was um, Reverend Martin Luther King. Um, you know, this was a man of God who in a very, you know, tumultuous time um, inspired people to be great through nonviolence. Um, you know, he was able to talk and he was able to communicate and, and he, he, he was able to effectively um, articulate the reasons why of everything he did, not the what, not the how, but why, um, and, and, and really changed or, or started the change, the course of the world, certainly as you know it and as I know it. Um, you know, I would say that, that in his way, um, you know, he was, a, he was an inspirational leader. And, and I think that, you know, that's on a, a mega scale, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that though there are, you know, my team commander who I'm, former team commander who I'm still connected with and friends with, um, you know, who now is a dentist in Atlanta, incredible <laughs> leader. 
right? You know, the, my former boss at GE, I thought that he was a, an incredible leader. Um, you know, I've had a college professor who I thought was an incredible leader and I'm, I'm connected to most of them still. And I think the reason they were incredible leaders is because they, 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 they inspired people to be better than they were and they commanded that presence for them to be better. So, so to me, um, you know, it could be someone that I haven't even met and certainly somebody I hadn't, you know, that's not even on, you know, TV or, or doing podcasts or whatever. Um, but, but people that inspire people to be better than they are, um, positively, not, 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 it, not for, you know, emotional reasons or, or crazy reasons, um, but for the good and service of others reasons, um, politically, business, religious. I mean, th those are to me, um, leaders, inspirational people. Great stuff, man. Uh, as we wrap up here, do you have any good uh, pieces of advice, good quotes, good book recommendations, anything <laughs> like that? Um, good pieces of advice. Yeah, you know, I, I, I say a lot of, you know, silly one-liners from time to time. I, I kind of said one just now. Um, you know, I'm a firm believer that it's better to be a learner than a knower. Um, and, um, uh, and, and, and to me, from a business perspective, you know, that's, that's, that's huge. Um, you know, the, the, the bit of advice that I would give is every now and again, you got to kind of just stop and take a knee and take a breath, right. And, and, you know, look around, right. And just kind of just, just breathe, you know, um, um, and if, if you do that, if anybody does that, if we would do that right now, based on how crazy things are, right. right. If everyone would just kind of take a breath, pause for a minute, right. And just kind of look around, um, and, and really, you know, every day operate or at least try your best to operate with these three words and then I'm kind of done, right? Then I'm tapped out, um, I'm tapping out. Um, you know, three inspirational words to me are selfless, fearless, and guiltless. And, and as you make decisions every day, if you can, you know, you know, hit on two of those three, right? For sure, two of those three, then it's probably the right decision, okay? Um, and and it, it may work out, it may not, but it'll certainly be a learning experience and you, you know, you'll be able to, um, um, you know, be a little bit smarter the next time the decision comes up. So be a learner, not a knower. Always, 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 you know, um, think of selfless, fearless and guiltless um, and don't forget, you know, take, take a breath every now and again, have some fun, right? You know, um, um, think, just, um, um, just breathe. That's all I got. <laughs> That's great, man. Uh, is there anywhere that people can reach you or follow you or keep up with what you're doing? Yeah. So, um, I have a website for my business. It's called the growth coach of, um, middle Tennessee.com. And, um, you know, anyone can, can reach out to me at T Colombo, T C O L O M B O at the growth coach.com. Um, and, um, uh, from a business perspective, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn. So, you know, if anyone's interested in that and, and whatnot, then, um, then certainly they can reach out to me that way. Um, if you send me an email, if you go to my website, you can reach out to me and you get a free book. If you kind of go to one of the pages that talks about, um, um, you know, being a business owner and, and growing and so forth. Uh, and I'll follow up with you on that link and, and, you know, you can Google me, you can do all these kind of different things, you know, all these cool things right now. Right. Um, 
Uh, and um, I'd love to chat, love to learn. I love to learn about people by interacting with people. So, well, cool. Well, Tony, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for uh, teaching me a little bit of Zoom interview, too. <laughs> I hope it worked out well. And, um, uh, you know, we'll chat again, I'm sure. Yeah, cool. That's it. Uh, Tony, thanks for coming. Thanks for your service. Thanks uh, for all you're doing now, contributing, and keep up the hard work, man. All right. Thanks a lot. You have a great day. Cool. Thanks, Tony. See you, man. All right. Bye. That was Tony Colombo. This is Cattle Call Podcast, and we will see you on the other side.